The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. And so last week we talked about God inhabits. You know what inhabit means. You're going to go to your habitation after church today. You're going to go home where you live. You inhabit your habitation. You go home. So he inhabits or he lives in the praises of his people. We said this prayer is when we approach God, praise creates an environment where he approaches us. So we go into his environment through prayer. He comes into our environment through praise and worship. Your destiny is not achieved automatically. God has good plans for you. This series will help you discover those plans and to live out the purpose He has designed for you. His ways are higher than ours, so His calling for your life is better than anything you can imagine. In the series, Cooperating with Your Destiny, Dr. Ed King takes you on a journey through God's Word, teaching you how to unlock your divine destiny. Now you see, when God's destiny begins to be realized in your life, you're not old and tired and worn out and wanting to give it up. You want to go on and do some more. To order this series on MP3 for $10 or CD for $20, go to poweroftheword.com or call 800-956-4433. Your destiny is a divine partnership orchestrated to cause you to flourish, grow, and then lead you into eternal reward. All you have to do is join with God. You know, we've been in a little series. I didn't intend it to be a series, but it's turned into one. And that's the way sometimes these things can be. Uh, we talked about how God works in atmospheres. You remember when he went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, he could there do no mighty works. Wrong atmosphere. Wouldn't allow the power of God to do anything. We find that he moved his ministry from Nazareth to Capernaum. Probably needed a change of atmospheres. Amen. We find him cases where he'd go to heal. And he'd clear the room to create the right environment, the right atmosphere that he could work in. When we think of atmosphere, we, of course, think about the atmosphere around the earth. But maybe a way that we could say it where it's more uh, easily grasped by us is just Think about a sphere, your sphere of influence, your sphere of persuasion, where you go, what you do. You have a sphere that you live in. And so that is an atmosphere, but it's not necessarily the one around the earth. Amen. And so God works in atmospheres. And what we want to do, if we want to have a manifestation of God, we've got to create an atmosphere that is conducive to what he wants to do. And the Bible gives us some things that we can do to create those atmospheres that he works in. I don't think you can't make God do anything. But a hungry heart creates an atmosphere in which God will do what he chooses to do 
But you can have manifestations of God by choosing to do the right things. Now, you can't say how he's going to manifest. The gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. You can't tell God what he's got to do, but you can put in your requests. <laughs> the Bible says to desire spiritual gifts. Well, if you don't have a desire for it, you're probably not going to have a manifestation of it. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled. So if you have no hunger, you have no thirst, you don't have an atmosphere in which God will do much. So a church that's cold and different, a people that's cold and indifferent, or routine, religiously in a routine, uh, hard for God to do anything there. There's a certain uh, preparation of heart that we have to do. Amen? Certain things we have to do to be ready. And so last week we talked about God inhabits. You know what inhabit means. You're going to go to your habitation after church today. You're going to go home where you live. You inhabit your habitation. You go home. So he inhabits or he lives in the praises of his people. We said this prayer is when we approach God, praise creates an environment where he approaches us. So we go into his environment through prayer. He comes into our environment through praise and worship. Amen. So if you want to have the presence of God in your life, there are certain things you do. And praise and worship is one of those things, but it's not the only thing. There are other things that we do to create an atmosphere in which God will manifest himself or which in which God will work. And so again, we talked about this atmosphere of praise and worship, but today we're going to talk about creating an atmosphere of love, harmony, and unity. And you'll see that as we go through. You'll see why it's so important. But in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 34, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And so they didn't really want to know that. They just wanted to try to catch him somehow and maybe saying something that they could take issue with. That's what they more wanted to do. The Bible tells us to avoid foolish questions, knowing they do gender strife. And sometimes people ask questions because they legitimately want to know something. Sometimes people ask questions because they want to cause a fight. They want to catch you at something, you know? And so there is a difference. So all questions are not curious questions. Some questions are motivated by another force. Amen? Questionings are not legitimate questions. Amen. And so, uh, Master, which is the great commandment in the law, and Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Now, so Jesus is answering their question straight from the teachings of Scripture. Amen. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, so there's a two-part commandment. Part A is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Part B, 
to that commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, there's a lot that you could say there. Uh, A lot of times we think self-love is self-centered, and it's really not. It it can be. But genuine biblical self-love is is not wrong. It's not bad. Uh, Self-love is not exalting yourself above somebody else. It's not based on pride or looking down your nose at anybody. It's not you're better than anyone. But self-love is having a healthy um, understanding of what God did in you through Jesus Christ, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, getting rid of the shame of the past, getting rid of your failures and shortcomings and moving forward in God. So self-love is necessary before you can love anybody else. He said you love your neighbor as or in like manner to how you love yourself. So if you don't have a self-love, you won't love anybody else. Hurt people or guilty people or people who fail to forgive themselves are people who are dangerous to be with because they'll hurt you. So you got to get over you before you can do anything for anybody else. You got to believe you're forgiven. You just got to believe you're forgiven. Now, that doesn't give you a pass to act any old way you want to. But with a healthy embrace of who you are in Christ, and you have to take the Scripture to, to form that opinion of self. You have to take the in Him, in whom Scriptures, and apply them to your life. And I can do all things through Christ. So that's a healthy understanding of your capabilities. Because that's scriptural. I'm forgiven. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Those are necessary parts to moving forward in how you relate to others. So a good, healthy self-esteem is critical to being somebody who can even do ministry. You can't even do the Lord's work unless you get over your failures. (laughs) or your missed opportunities, or your I wish I hads. You just got to move on. You don't get five minutes to go back. It's gone. Much less five years ago. Well, I had this happen. I had that happen. Well, me too. And everybody around you had something happen. And how you deal with the past will determine how you approach the future. Amen. Can't take your shame and have a ministry with it. Amen. Now you do have to repent and you do have to confess. You got to deal with it properly. But once you've dealt with it, believe you dealt with it. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, not God. He'll beat you senseless with your past if you let him. The past is the past. So we pick it up and go. Amen. So the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now the whole law, you could talk talk about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt, you know, 
honor your father and mother and all those things. Don't commit adultery, don't covet. All those things that are written in Exodus 20 and what we call the Ten Commandments. But there's also the Levitical law that's related to that. So the Ten Commandments were not all of the commandments. So that's what he said. On these two things hang all those ten plus everything else in addition to that. All the law and all the prophets are hinged on these two could be summed up in one part A and B. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love thy neighbor as thou love thyself. That is what the whole, everything in Scripture hangs, according to Scripture, hangs on that. The word hang is an important word. You remember Jesus hang on a cross? He was suspended. He was held up by you remember Paul, the viper attached itself to him when he came out of the fire and the viper hung on Paul's hand. Think about those words. They were suspended by certain things. Jesus was suspended by the cross. So when you think of hung in this capacity right here, Again, Jesus hung on a cross. The viper hung on Paul's hand. And so we hang on every word someone may say. We grab those words. So the word hang means to be dependent on or to be suspended by. So everything you find in the Scripture is dependent on or suspended by that. You miss that, nothing else hangs right. You can get as legal as you want to with the word. It won't hang right unless you're hanging on that. Get what I'm saying? That's where it hangs. Hangs right there. Everybody say it hangs there. In Galatians 5 and 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Now everything that you receive from God, you receive by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's not of yourself, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So everything you get from God, you get by faith, including your salvation and everything else. Faith is the currency that heaven recognizes. Faith is what transfers from heaven to earth whatever you may need. That's the way it works. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. So everything you receive from God, you receive by faith. Now, however, the Bible says, so then faith works by love. So if you don't have, remember, everything, every law and every prophet hangs on love. Faith hangs on love. That's what it says. You can't use your faith if the love expressions are skewed or not right. So your faith won't work if love is not in place. I'm talking about environments where God works. I'm talking about atmospheres where God works. I'm talking about atmosphere where God manifests. Well, we're going to use our faith. Well, that's good. 
But remember this, faith works by love. So you got to have that in place. It just has to be there. Your salvation, your healing, every physical blessing, your prosperity, all of these work by faith, but only when love is present. So love goes, they all go too. Well, I want to prosper in God. Love goes, there it goes. Won't work. Can't get it. Well, I'm going to get it another way. No, you won't. No, you won't. See, love is the thing that causes it all to be able to be hung in your life. Everything else is dependent on that. Amen. We have this wonderful opportunity that God has provided us through the television, satellites, and all the things that we do to reach you. But it is an expensive proposition to come to you. And we do it for you. We don't do it for money. We don't do it for any of those reasons. We do it for you. But it takes money to do it. You can have money and have no ministry, but you can't have ministry when you have no money. We appreciate you being willing to partner with, uh, with us here at Power of the Word through your giving and through your prayers because you are making it happen. Of course, the Lord, but He uses people just like you. And so prayerfully consider being a part of this team here at Power of the Word through your prayers and through your financial giving. And we certainly would appreciate it. And we thank God for you. First John 4, 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now the Bible doesn't say God has love, it says God is love. God has faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the faith of God. So God has faith. Matter of fact, the faith that you were saved by, remember we just quoted, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Okay, the faith that you were saved by was a gift from God to you, so the faith that you were saved by, God gave you. He gave it to you. Amen? Came from Him. So God has faith. But He is love. God has peace. God has joy. But He is love. Amen? So God has things all the fruit of the Spirit. Patience, faithfulness, all those things. God has. Because the fruit of the Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit expressing Himself through you. What's mentioned in Galatians 5, those nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those things. First one being love, because God is love, that's what brings the others into, into play. No love, no joy. No love, no peace. No love, no faithfulness. No love, no patience. They all are contingent. They're hung on and dependent on love. All of them. I'm talking about atmospheres where God works. Amen. 
we find in John 13, verse 34. Now, remember again, and I'll, I'll just, we, we've talked about it over the last few weeks. We've mentioned these things several times. We're in a flow of the Spirit right now. We just, we just are in a time of certain, God's taken us certain places. But we talk about John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Those are things that took place in the upper room just before Jesus made his trip to Calvary. The garden where his sweat became his great drops of blood, the trip to the high priest, the whipping post, and all those things that happened en route to Calvary and then ultimately crucifixion, the tomb, and then resurrection. This happened just before that, what took place in these passages here. This is the most sacred revelation ever given to humanity right here. This is it. These are the parting words to those followers of Christ of what God's intention for you is. My God, it's so important. And in the middle of that, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, so also, so also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Now, this again is not a suggestion. It is a commandment. It's not, well, you know, I'll do it. It's an option to me. Faith is an option to you. What do I mean? Well, you don't have to get your prayers answered. It'd be better for you if you did. But you don't have to get a prayer answered to go to heaven. The only one that matters at that level is the born again one. Beyond that, you don't have to have another prayer answered forever. And you can have your eternally completely intact. You don't ever have to get anything else from God. <laughs> It'd, you'd really be short-sighted if that was the case. Because it doesn't have to be that way. But there's certain options that God does give you. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Well, I don't want that prosperity. I believe that prosperity message is wrong. Well, okay. Your choice. Choose it. That's what you want. Foolish if you do. But you can do it. Well, I don't believe in that healing stuff. Okay, make your choice. You don't have to be bothered by it. We'll probably see you make a quicker trip to heaven. Because somewhere along the way, you're probably going to need it. Most likely, I would imagine. We all seem to need it from time to time, don't we? You know, so these are options. But they are bought and paid for. It's the best thing you can do is receive them. But the point is, this is not an option. This is a commandment that you love one another. That's a commandment. That's not an option. That's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Everybody say love, love. is a commandment. Is a Amen? Amen? It is. And so we have to do this. And he said, if you don't do this, you're not really my disciple. We are all, all disciples of certain things. 
And when I say disciples of certain things, um, we study after things. We look at, some of you ladies, you look at uh, these magazines on how to decorate your home. You'll look at that. So you become a disciple of certain instructors. You become followers of those things that you see and you like, and you adopt those things into your life. So you are, in a sense, a disciple of. Some of you read fashion magazines, so you become disciples of those things. Some men, they read, you know, shooters' magazines on how to shoot or what gun to like and or some of you read what guns not to like but um, but anyway what I'm saying is we become disciples of certain things we we read after so-called experts and in a sense we become disciples of that or followers of it well to be a disciple of Jesus we take what he says and we follow it the word disciple and the word discipline are the same word, same core word. So to be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ, we do what he says. So to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we are to walk in love. He says, if you don't walk in love, you can't be my follower. Because I am love. Amen. And so a disciple is a pupil, a learner, or a follower. And so we have to walk in love to be a pupil, a follower, or a learner of Jesus Christ. We have to. Well, I'm a disciple of the Lord. Well, do you walk in love? Well, if you, if you even question that, you're not there. Scripture tells us clearly that God works in atmospheres and there's many types of atmospheres that make it more conducive to his presence working among us. And one of those is an atmosphere of harmony and unity. We see in the book of Acts chapter one, when they were in one accord and in one place, then suddenly there came that visitation of the Holy Spirit. And so when we come into an atmosphere where we create harmony and unity among us, that's where God works. The Bible tells us that strife and envy bring a confusion and the scripture says every evil work. So the enemy wants to take away harmony. He wants to take away unity. He wants to destroy that so he can manifest his purposes among us. And so for we as children of God to find the will of God, the presence of God among us, we have to come into an atmosphere of harmony and unity. If you've never met Jesus, I promise you, you do not have harmony in your heart. You're internally conflicted. You need to come to him today. Give him your heart, give him your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, do it. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin and Satan, I don't serve you. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, no, you wouldn't pray a prayer like that and not mean it. Let us know here at Power of the Word because we want to pray with you. We want to believe God to manifest fully His will in your life. 
We love you, enjoy being with you, look forward to our next time together. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.